The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! In this podcast, we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Toria Bono. I am a year four teacher in a large junior school on the South Coast, and I am the host of the podcast Tiny Boys Talks. And I'm Helen. I'm a teacher currently in a mixed reception year one class, um, teaching in Buckinghamshire. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with a stupendously silly folktale from Russia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Fish in the Forest. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips there for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, as well as extra lesson ideas that we maybe didn't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Toria here as we move on to the English learning outcomes that the farmer is going to dig up from his turnip patch. Let's start with you, Helen, with ages four to seven, the early end of the school. What did you find among the the turnips and the treasure? Um, I found a couple of sort of longer English projects in this story, one of which is directly Mm. relating to turnips. Um, (laughs) So I'll start with that one. Like I say, this is more of a whole project, really. It's more of a a children stepping into character project, but with lots of writing Mm -hmm. opportunities. So I thought it would be fun to set your children up as turnip farmers Mm. because... I mean, why not? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of cross-curricular links, which I'll talk about at at other times um, to do with DT and food Mm. and turnips and growing and science. But in terms of the literacy, if the children are going to become turnip farmers and they're going to sell turnips, probably ones that you've made, like created through art Mm -hmm. or you brought from a shop, because in terms of actually growing turnips, that's a whole other, that's more than a year long project. That's going to make a very long project. It's going to make a very long project. (laughs) Um, But the children could learn what a turnip farmer does. Um, Mm. And then they become those turnip farmers and they set the classroom up as a turnip farm and a turnip shop, you know, lovely organic turnip farm shop mm-hmm. um very exclusively you know, very specific you know just turnips and then you've got opportunities for the children to write uh, jobs lists of what they need to do each day um mm. of putting up posters advertising their turnips using some lovely language to persuade people that their turnips are the best turnips in the county or the country mm. um you can write down turnip recipes you can make a little turnip recipe book you can write a diary the day in the life of a turnip farmer i just thought there were lo- lots of opportunities like i say this would involve quite a lot yeah. of commitment from you as a teacher <laughs> to to take to turn this into a whole turnip project <laughs> but um i thought it would be quite engaging for the children and something a bit different and lots of little writing opportunities out of that, you know, very, very purposeful writing, which, yeah. which I like to do, you know, set up a turnip shop, you're labeling the shelves, you're making the door sign, you're putting leaflets through people's doors. 
<laughs> by doing this, you're also potentially getting children excited about eating turnips, which is something that I don't think many grown-ups would say their <laughs> children are excited about eating. So, no. so you never know; you might be uh, helping their their nutritional intake at the same time. Absolutely, it's it's a project with many many benefits, um, <laughs> and they that- might start understanding some of the jokes in Blackadder as well. <laughs> so many turnip That's jokes so many in that turnip series. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> So two other slightly different, not not quite so involved English-based mm-hmm. projects. One is to do with the three tricks in the story. This is a really, really good story for children to um, adapt to make their own. Mm. So a lot of the story writing that I do in early years in Key Stage 1 mm. is taking familiar stories and just changing one or two little bits. So if it's Jack and the Beanstalk, you turn it into... Tom and the giant sunflower or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you you keep the main elements of the story. You get yeah. children to know the story well and you adapt it. And this is a perfect story for that because you've got the three tricks. Yes, yeah. And, um, you know, you've told the story to the children. They've, they've learned it well. They've become very invested in the story because it's a wonderful story. And then you say to them, so what, imagine if you were the, the turnip farmer, what would you buy from the market and what would you do with it? Mm. Um, and there are really very few wrong answers for this. So the children could have, so they could be really creative exactly. um, and make the story their own. And then you create their own story map. Um, you could use an actual map mm-hmm. of the forest where they're going to put the different items. And then children retell and write the, the story themselves. If you're in year two, they can write the, their version of the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, in year one, I'd probably have them just writing that section of the story um, with the three tricks. And in reception, um, mainly oral storytelling, apart from very, very confident writers that might be ready to do some story writing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can usually go from, from one to the other if you've got young ones who are really excited about doing the oral side and then say to them, oh, that was such a great story. We, we should make sure we, we save that forever and ever and ever. Of course, writing is the, the best way to do that. So um, yeah. it's a, a wonderful way to, to motivate your um, young learners into writing. Absolutely. If, if a story is theirs and if they mm. own a story, they will want to write a story. Exactly. And then the final link that I found, just a little link, is uh, to the story of the enormous turnip. Um, yes, yeah. I thought that was just a li- little link that you can bring in there um, and use that story however you like the storytelling and looking at the characters and acting it out, which we all love to do with the enormous turnip Um, (laughs) and again, make their own version of the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got an example for adjusting that story with the Oxford owls, big carrot as, as they call it. Of course. Yes. Um, Which uh, I know quite well, because that's the the one I'm always (laughs) recognized for when I go into schools. Yeah. I'm always, oh, come on, Chip, give us your big carrot. (laughs) I really wish they had thought of a different title for it but there you go Tori as we go um, up towards the ages 7 to 11 what did you unpick for us? So I mentioned in the PSHC podcast the fact that actually this really lends itself this story to prediction and from the from the offset you know the blade of his spade hit something hard well what was it what potentially had had it hit so actually right from the very beginning 
you can really get your young people to unpick and potentially you've got lots of writing opportunities but also lots of oracy opportunities so you could get them to write a small paragraph about what they think he may have hit or just actually have a conversation about it then again the items in the market it's not obvious to start with what he's going to do with these items. It, mm. you know, so you're not quite sure what he's going to do with the bread and the silver fish and the sausages. You just don't know. So mm. actually, again, you could get them to write. You could get them to talk about what they think he is going to do with these items. What would they do with them? You know, actually, could yeah. they come up with a different version t- for the story at that point? And would their version work, you know? So actually, I think that's a real linchpin, that bit, you know, what what he manages to do and why he does it. But it's not obvious at that point because there was no way at that point, I guess that's what he was going to do. That sounds really bizarre. (laughs) No, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? No no way that we're going to predict what he was going to do and why as well. And why, yeah. Even even when he'd done them, it was still... Oh, what did you why do where is this going? <laughs> why then he why are there sausages through. in the river? Yeah, well, then he walks her through. You're still, you're still thinking, oh, I'm not sure. But it's, so, so there's again, that moment, isn't there, at, at the end where he goes back um, and mm. he's finished taking his wife around the forest and you think, ah, so he's just distracted her so she's got something else to yes. talk about. Yes. But no, she's no. talking about, about the girl. And, that was it. and I, I was sure I'd figured it at that point that that's what he was doing. <laughs> she was just going to... It was really, really interesting. But I, again, so there are, that's just two examples of prediction. But I think there are a number of different things you could actually get discussion points or writing points depending on what you wanted your young people to do Mm. um i also thought it was a great springboard for you know a whole topic on storytelling because Mm. it finishes at the end with retell this story basically Mm. yes and i thought so similar to what helen was saying it is a fabulous story to rewrite your own version of Mm -hmm. um i'm passionate about talk for writing which is very very much about you have your innovations and your innovations can be quite simple they can be quite complex but i think this is a great story that you can innovate in your own way but what i was thinking is initially just to build up that storytelling skill which is such a skill they could actually retell this story because I think it's really important, you know, the retelling isn't just about telling the story, but it's telling the story with, as, as you know, I need to well, Chip, with expression, with, enge- you know, with engagement, yeah. really bringing, mm. your, bringing your listener in so that they are fully and utterly engaged, which is not easy to do. So I think there's a lot of teaching within that. But I also think that really yeah. impacts on oracy, which is something we need absolutely at the moment in schools. Mm. Um, so I was thinking that they could start off by retelling this story and then actually write their own versions and retell those. And then I was thinking, funnily enough, I did think about the giant turnip. I couldn't help it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I was thinking actually, they, you know, there are so many different ways they could go with just retelling stories and just practicing retelling and storytelling, and maybe hearing a story from one another and then, and then passing that story on. 
So that was sort yeah. of, I thought there are so many different ways you could go with that, but you could actually allow this to move into a whole storytelling theme. Which um, is the positive side yeah. of the, the gossip that we spoke yes. about yesterday as well, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that then leads me on to my final thing, which is, as you know, if it, um, I do like a good debate. And <laughs> I, so I found this really interesting research on gossip and in in this research, it actually points out that sometimes gossip can be a good thing, mm. like that that feeling that one has when they're chatting over the garden fence because it actually brings you together with someone, but it gives you that feeling of of j- just connection as such. Yeah, yeah. So it talks about this in the article. It also talks about you know where gossip isn't so great and so on. Mm. Um, and, you know, in the PSHC episode, we talked about secrets sometimes being a good thing, sometimes being a, a bad thing, and so on, and, and when we need to be careful with them. Now, I just thought it would be a really interesting debate, you know, is gossip a good thing? Mm. You know, and actually get them to to consider the evidence before them with regards to the article, with regards to, you know, other information, and actually put their side of the argument across. So yeah. that. Mm. Those are my three ideas because I I do think we can be very, very black and white with no gossip is bad. Mm. But actually, is it more of a grey area? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And and its relationship with storytelling and how um, uh-huh. reality morphs into the characters of yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big, big men and women become giants and particularly nasty people become you know uh, wizards and witches and and all sorts Mm. of things like that so yeah it can be a a very fascinating investigation um to to go into your debate there Mm. Uh, on the planning sheet i've put the link to that article for anyone that wants to use that with their key stage two Yes, thanks, Toria. As Toria just mentioned there, folks, Epic Educators can get that planning sheet with all these lesson ideas and the extra resources to go with them, such as links to the other materials we've been discussing. So please do head to epictales.co.uk to find out more about becoming an Epic Educator. But for this episode, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the farmer and his wife will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And And we we hope hope to hear hear your story story soon. soon!